This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Our dominant thoughts significantly influence our emotions. They're crucial to how we feel, how those around us feel. The influence on the great cosmos comes from our thoughts and memories. What we put out there in thought is what we are attracting back to ourselves. We reap what we sow. This introspection is important to personal development. Being happy, being grateful, equals more happiness and more experiences to be grateful for. This really is key to a happy existence while we are here on this planet. Valeria Tellis interviews Sibylla L. Lorem, the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to a Spiritual Awakening. Sibylla is an experienced psychic medium and spiritual life coach. She offers a warm and open approach to people. She specializes in working with individuals face-to-face, by telephone, and Skype. Sibylla works with all types and all ages and cultures and uses her connection with spirit and intuitive psychic abilities to gain additional insight and guidance. Apart from private practice, she has worked as a psychiatric nurse assistant and frontline worker for seven years at social services for Team 8, supporting adolescents in care and at home. She was born with her psychic gifts, which include empathy, mediumship, and the ability to cross earthbound spirits over. Now at the age of 50, she is a recognized international psychic medium and public figure. Losing her father at the tender age of 24 had a huge effect on Sibylla's spiritual life. Soon after her father's death, her psychic life took on a life of its own, and however much she tried to stay in her chosen profession, so much change was happening to her fast. The ability to be in a public place and know what complete strangers were thinking or planning without her even speaking to them. She now runs her business, Psychic Sibylla, as a psychic medium and spiritual life coach. Traveled across the UK offering spiritual demonstrations in spiritual churches and psychic fairs. She also teaches the way of spirit and enlightens those that wish to take a similar journey. Meet Sibylla at Sibylla-Lorem.com. Here is the interview with Sibylla L. Lorem. In your own words, who is Sibella Louise Lorem? Oh, wow. Well, um, I would say that I was born to this world to to give, to help people. I'm, I'm definitely an entrepreneur, certainly independent, very original. I 
tend to not work with rules. I am I'm always been the black sheep of the family. Um, actually, I've probably been the black sheep of everywhere I've ever been, including school. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like who I am, but I've never really fitted in. I, I I've always been on the peripheral of everything, really. Uh, and it's only now since I hit my 50s that I've um, began to find out why and, and that it's it's been for a reason. So my second official question to you, the warm-up question, is about life itself. What do you think life is and what is the purpose of the human experience, Sabella? I guess I have to start off by saying I, I'm a, a psychic medium. I was born with a gift. I've, I've been able to see and hear spirits since I was probably about five years of age. So I have access to a lot of information that other people don't have access to. And one thing I know is that we reincarnate again and again and again and again, hundreds and hundreds of lifetimes and uh, not always on this planet. And so to me, from what I can ascertain from the powers that be, we come down here to serve. We come down here to help. We come down here to learn. We come down here to contribute. We come down here to play a part, to help other people learn and uh, do whatever it is they have to do. We choose most of what we do when we're here before we get here. We choose our parents, we choose our life, we choose what we want to learn, how we're going to learn it. But we do have free will. So we can mess it up, we can change the path. Nothing is, not all of it, some of it is set in stone. Some of it is not set in stone. We have God created us with free will. So we tend to sometimes make mistakes. We might get consumed by materialism, money, drugs, alcohol, uh, all sorts of things that happen to us down here that that don't affect us in the spirit realms. And um, so as a consequence, things can go wrong, which means when we die, we have to reassess our life and and look at it. We have a we have a what they call a um, life review and we eventually have to come back and try and do it again. So I, I put this in my book. I actually point out in my book, make sure you get it right because, you know, otherwise it's not a groundhog day. It can be a, a groundhog life. You can you can relive the same life several times until you get it right in various different degrees, obviously not, not exactly the same. I believe that um, karma, uh, I, well, I know that karma is very real and um, that we have to, sometimes when people go, well, if there's a God, why did I get cancer? Or if there's a God, why did this happen? Well, sometimes it's it's to do with karma. I'm not suggesting that you get cancer because of karma, but things like why did my husband cheat on me? Or why am I poor? Or, you know, um, it's, it can be karmatic. It can be also law of attraction. I mean, law of attraction is also very real. What we, you know, our thought, everything happens on a mental level before it manifests on a physical level. So it's important that you get your mindset right and that you, you, that you believe in yourself regardless of external circumstances, you know. Um, so there's, there's a lot of players, people, free will, materialism, earth plane things, uh, law of attraction, karma. It's a lot more complex than people know. It very much sounds like uh, it's uh, hmm, this continuation of something that seems to be solid again. Uh, this We're all about- connected. Yeah, right. Uh, that's something that resonates. So my question to you with that, that has to do with your answer is about the purpose of life and what life is, is what is liberation? What would freedom look like? Well, I guess, I mean, the one thing is to work out who am I? Why am I here? And to me, freedom is not having to come back, which would be a bonus. But it's also it's also living a judgment-free life. And being uh, free from your ego, 
free from uh, the entrapment of your mind, being able to relinquish yourself to to life and to spirit and um, trusting that, that you have a path and that you are guided by your higher self. We, you know, we only come to our incarnations with a small percentage of us. Uh, our higher self stays behind at what I call home. Other people call it heaven or whatever. And, um, you know, uh, we're in connection with, with our higher self all the time, our spirit guides, the council, each other. Um, we're all, you know, intricately connected, but ultimately we're also individuals. And freedom is about learning while we're here, teaching and uh, playing a, a role, I guess, to a certain degree. And, uh, you know, if you can get through this life and do some good and help as many people as you can in whatever small way you can, um, you know, it matters. You're important, you're loved, your presence makes a difference. You know, whether you realise it or not, you're going to have a, an impact on someone. And I think to me, freedom is, is being able to just... Um, be ego-free, non-judgmental, have compassion, be kind, not be bitter and not be consumed by materialism, wealth, clothes, designer clothes, all these things that you don't take with you and that ultimately aren't important. What is your idea of the ego, Sibella? What would that be? I always say ego is the enemy. <laughs> That's my one of my mottos. Ego is the enemy. And it sneaks up on you. It, 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 it can take a hold of you and you don't even realise and, you know, it's very easy to get your ego mixed up with your emotions. I mean, I, I'll sometimes react to something thinking, oh, this is you've hurt me. You know, you've hurt my feelings. Uh, these are my emotions. Allow me to have allow me to express my emotions. I'm entitled to feel. And then afterwards, when I analyze it, I think, actually, was that me being emotional or was that just my ego? You know, when one talks about it like we are now, it seems really easy. How could you misinterpret it? But when you're in the moment whatever that moment is, be it anger or offence or hurt or disappointment, you know, you, you don't always recognise the ego. It sneaks in there. Uh, when you've sort of calmed down and, and looked at it, you think, yeah, that wasn't about my emotions at all. That was just basically my ego taking over. Wow. So, um, yeah. Mm. So how do we know? Yeah, that resonates, the, the ego being this feeling or this sense of separation. Because ultimately, we are connected. We are wholeness itself. There's no separation here. We dance, right? This dance of separated self and then wholeness. So from what you said, that seems, everything seems to be a feeling from what I see. But when you say that some emotions, they are connected to this sense of separation and some are not? Is that basically what you're saying, Sibella? Some emotions are not connected to the ego? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Some are, you know, I mean, when I see a, I mean, I'm highly sensitive because I'm also an empath. Um, and when I see a dead animal in the road that's been hit by a car, I genuinely get upset. I feel a, a pang, you know, in my, my heart chakra. And um, if, it's, it's a, if it's a pet, like a cat or a dog, I can actually get quite emotional even produce a tear while I'm driving if it's a fox or a deer I mean not so much a tear but I feel the, the pang of oh that is an emotion and it's not connected to my ego in any way you know but then if you were to turn around and say I don't know um I really appreciate I can't think of an example per se but when you have if I was to say to you, well, you hurt my feelings, I found your criticism uh, judgmental and I, I, I feel that perhaps you, you're being a bit unfair. 
you know, that's really offended my feelings. I'm, I'm quite upset. Is it my feelings or is it my ego? Because I don't know if that makes sense. It's it's hard to explain. But they're, they're, they're definitely emotions have a place that aren't always attached to the ego. Right. Yeah, that might be almost the impossible to realize in a way that everything that has to do with separation, any thought, any sense, feeling, then it is the ego operating. But then you think about love, you think about compassion, the feeling of love and compassion has to come for separation too, right, Sabella? Because we feel detached from the other in order to be compassionate. There's this sense of separation because if we will really living the wholeness, then there's no need for love or compassion in a way, because you are it. Everything is it, is love. But that's, um, wow, what a dance. <laughs> that's what I say most of the time. <laughs> and I think also with compassion comes empathy and forgiveness. I mean, I, I read somewhere that you don't have to tell the person that you've forgiven them to forgive them. You know, forgiveness, again, this is an ego thing. I, I mean, you can forgive somebody and, and never even mention that they offended you to start with. You know, the person doesn't even know that they uh, have have done something that warrants your forgiveness. So, you know, in one's mind, it's uh, you are out of order. Um, but in the next mind, it's but I forgive you. And that person will never even know anything about those thoughts that have gone through my head. Where does that you know, if it was a real ego situation, surely one would go and, and address that person and make a point of telling them and then saying, but I forgive you. You know, the mm, fact that you yeah. need to tell them and that you need to point out that, that I forgive you, is that's ego driven, is it not? Mm, yeah, it sounds to me. But that sounds like the the ego, as you speak of, in action, really. Um, well, that's it sounds like it's a very, I mean, everything's it's in action here now, actually doing something. But yeah, that's an interesting idea. I tend to see the big picture of everything. I tend to be very attracted to the big picture. So I see anything that has to do with description even or feelings, emotions, all that, it's coming from separation. When it, when it comes to the level of the mind of uh, trying to rationalize emotions and feelings and having words to describe them, then there has to be the separated self doing that, even if it is a good thing. But then when you have no, you just let the body feel and do what it does through the conditionings of them. My body and mine, they are conditioned. I cannot see that. And that might be the ego, though, isn't it? Like... Um, I, I mean, it could well be. It's, it's again, it's a, it's, a, it's a, like you said, it's a dance. I mean, uh, you, you can get caught up in the moment and it's many times I've had to reflect. I've been adamant that that uh, I am being compassionate and I have been for this and I have been forgiving and, uh, and I have separated and I have given this critical thought. And um, it, it really is just really hard. It, it really does sneak up on you time. And you've got to keep your finger on the pulse 24-7. And I think to me, separation is, is being separated from, from God. That's how I see separation. I see we're all connected. Everybody's connected. We're connected to the outer communities, you know, telepathy. Spirits can hear us. Spirits uh, communicate by placing thoughts in our head. You know, a lot of the, the inventions, a lot of the thoughts that we have, we think come from our own psyche, but they don't. They come from the spirit world and they're planted there. You know, for me, separation is being separated from home, which ultimately is where we go when we pass out of our bodies from this this life but also while we're here for me separation is 
been separated from the matrix, you know, being able to to be free. That's that's the freedom, not being part of the matrix. Um, I've taken the red pill and I can now see things totally differently with a non-judgmental approach, with compassion and kindness. And I realized that, you know, mortgages, bricks, water, money, designing clothes, holidays. Yes, of course, it's some of it's needed and, and some of it can be accumulated through law of attraction and, and God's will, etc. But ultimately, you, you can't take it with you. It's just bricks and water. And it's what you do while you're here. It's it's your actions, your words, it's your feelings, it's, it's what you accomplish while you're here that matters. Yeah, separation to me is very much a case of standing back and looking and thinking, look at you all in the rat race. There's, there's so much more to life than this. You know, I went out for a run the other morning and I had to stop just to look at the birds and the trees talking to each other. Just, just for a few seconds, you know, I enjoyed just watching them, chatting away to each other, minding their own business. And I, I was taking everything in thinking, well, I... I really, since I've had a spiritual awakening, I've become more aware and more grateful. Gratitude, gratitude plays a much bigger pl uh, place in my my life now. And um, you know, I, I had a, a rough start uh, in life. I um, spent a lot of time uh, in a very dysfunctional family with toxic people around me, and as a consequence, I've um, tried to share my experience with other people and and help coach them coach similar you know similar so I've worked with children autistic adults learning difficulty psychiatric units drug addiction self-harming it's been my whole life and um I feel that that some of the pain that I've suffered in life which compared to others is nothing granted but we, we all have to sort of um have our own perspective and I I feel that what I've experienced has helped others so something really good, something really positive has come out of something negative. My suffering will help somebody else, or at the very least, it will. Um, I'll be able to empathize with them. So I have a question for you yeah, about God and about spiritual awakening. How to describe what your spiritual awakening was like? It's it's not easy. I uh, I I can honestly say that it's a very lonely journey. And it is frightening and it is also very, you have to let a lot, a lot of you go. You have to, to let your, your, everything that you stand for, not everything, but a lot of what you stand for, a lot of what, what made you, you, um, has to be discarded. Beliefs, friends, attitudes, the way you saw life, the way you, you perceived it, your perspective. Everything, and not just on a spiritual level, but but you know on a day to day level as well. Um, you know, it's not just about becoming a vegetarian, eating lentils, meditating, and saying om. There is there is so much more to you know self actualization and, and spiritual awakening that um, I, I think I could probably write a book on that alone. You know, I've, I've had to let friends go. I've had to to totally repro. I've had to unlearn what I've learned to be able to relearn what I needed to learn. So it's a bit like a computer. You know, you had to set everything back to the default settings to to be able to download fresh programs. But what was a catalyst for that? Oh, I, when I in my early fifties, I um, just before lockdown, I had a lady came to see me for a reading, and she. She wanted coaching, really. And so we ended up having a life coaching session instead. And she was convinced she had mental health issues because she was hearing voices. 
that trans transpired that um, she was a very gifted medium and uh, she had clairaudience, which I don't have that particular gift. But, uh, so she could actually hear spirit like I can hear you now. And um, I'm a medium and I, I spirit sort of put the thoughts in my head and I have to sort of ascertain the messages in my mind. Almost like telepathy. With Sarah, it was uh, yeah, just like hearing a phone phone call. So eventually we we became friends and she was sent to me via spirit. And uh, my father came through. He's been in spirit for 28 years. And my father came through and was passing messages to her for me. And he just told me that I had um, a great future ahead and that it was going to be very spirit led and that I had um, a job to do, which entailed writing a book, amongst other things. And I would have to be a student, not just a student of knowledge, but a student of the spirit world and start studying and learning and deprogramming. Nobody mentioned anything about spiritual awakening or um self-awareness or consciousness that that was left out I sort of worked that one out myself and and I'm, then lockdown happened and before I knew it I was on my own in the flat and I was on the computer day in and day out and I had to study 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 and I uh basically I I, I suppose I I feel at the time I had a nervous breakdown but because of lockdown and and everything and you know covid and doctors been up to the neck in it and i just got on with it and uh but in hindsight uh, on reflection i think i did have a sort of um some kind of meltdown anyway and when i came out the other end i was just a different person and uh now i am relearning i've deprogrammed and debugged and defragmented so now i'm i'm uh, relearning everything i need to learn which is where steps of knowledge comes in um, so, yeah, it all started from when Sarah came to me for a life coaching session and worked out she was a medium, not a schizophrenic. And my father started passing messages on through her. And he's been with me ever since. He's my spirit guide. That's amazing how it goes back to the fundamental law that everything's connected and energies. It's always trying to, it seems to me, create balance or bring the, what do you call, lessons of love to all of us in different ways, right? It keeps trying to do that. How beautiful. So you're writing a book at the moment titled The Hitchhiker's Guide to a Spiritual Awakening. Talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing this book, Sibella. Okay, so it's pretty much spirit-led. I mean, um, this is where my father came in. Uh, um, spirit are very, they don't tend to tell you things straight. It's its always on a need-to-know basis only. And quite often it's its um, cryptic. So uh, it used to infuriate me in the early days. I, I used to get really annoyed, but I've learned now just to suck it up. <laughs> but um, I believe the book's going to, the whole intention is to help others. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start off about uh, discussing my lifestyle and how, where I went from a very negative start in life and uh, playing the part of being a victim to deciding that I, I don't want to be a victim. And I took a positivity pledge and with the help of my father and spirits and my higher self and my what I call breakdown, but meltdown, um, um, that's exactly what I've done. I've turned my life around before I was helping people and and doing the best I could with what I had, the tools I had, but I was still full of self-doubt, 
and low. Uh, I, 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 I didn't like life. I was still in the matrix. I, I wasn't free. I definitely wasn't free. I was still in the matrix. I was still part of that um, horrible place where the ego and money, everything was was about money and, and materialism. And um, I'm 50 and I, I don't have a mortgage. That was far more important than love and compassion and what have you. And so although I was doing good, I was doing good on a very sublimable level, I would say. Um, and now, with through the book, I intend to write all of this. I, I want to reach out to all those people that I worked with in social services. I want to reach out to all those people with mental health issues or that probably haven't got mental health issues. They're just like me. They're the, the black sheep. Um, just because you don't fit in doesn't mean that you're weird. You know, some, sometimes the people with mental health issues are um, the best people to know. You know, they're sensitive, they're kind, they're not sucked in, they're not a sheep, they're not a lemming. And uh, I, I've, I've worked with people all my life from severe autism to learning difficulties to just people that are, uh, have different characters, shall we say. Um, perhaps society don't accept them. And um, they're wonderful. You can learn so much from these people. They're, they're, they're to me the true people. They're the real people. Um, but this book is going to touch on that. It's going to touch on what we've discussed earlier, freedom, ego, non-judgmental, materialism, uh, self-esteem, how important positive mental attitude is, uh, how important law of attraction is, how important it is to have positive feelings, uh, not allow your energy to be drained from negativity, to focus on the good in life, to think and feel and speak good. You know, even talking negativity attracts negativity. Moaning attracts negativity, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, shame, jealousy, bitterness, anger, resentment, coveting. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all negative and it will consume you along with your ego. And you will just get consumed and consumed until you just become miserable. And, uh, and I, I want I was there. I've been there. I was there for a very long time. And um, I, I want to reach out to people and say, well, if I can do this, all of you can do this. And um, I want people to read the book and say, oh, well, what do you know? You didn't grow up with an alcoholic drug-taking mother who was on meth, and you didn't grow up in poverty. And, you know, I want it to, to reach everyone. This book is for everyone, regardless of where you came from, what where you started, what culture, what race, what religion. This book will be for absolutely every soul that can read. Um, and if they can't read, they can hear it on audio, because... The aim is is to to put positivity, love, and to show people out there that life could be so much better. And all we have to do is change the way we think. You know, it really is. Um, it, it's law of attraction and it's energy. It's so real. It's the spiritual world is more physics than anything. You know, energy, energy, energy. So true, Sabella. Thank you so much for what you do, for being the channel, for being open to these truths and these beautiful messages. Uh, I love your message. It resonates with me. The article that you sent to me, the piece that you gifted me, it talked about self-love. So talk to me for a moment about the importance of self-care and self-love. People keep choosing the wrong lifestyles, the wrong social environment, the wrong lovers, the wrong jobs. And this is often because they don't respect themselves. You know, self-esteem is an important quality. And when a person doesn't have it, they can make very poor decisions or compromise, take second best, third best. And this 
can and quite often ruins people's lives. You know, for the best possible life, you really need to respect yourself, um, respect your choices, and also the choices you make will reflect that you do respect yourself. And, you know, your life will reflect this and you will shine. You're, you're, um, the amount of times I went out with a guy that I, I knew was bad for me, but I thought, oh, well, you know, better to have a shitty boyfriend than no boyfriend, hey? Um, and I wouldn't dream of doing that now. You know, I'd rather be on my own. I'm comfortable being on my own and I'm, I'm comfortable being the, when the right man comes along, he'll come along when, when it's right, the right time. You've got to live in the now and enjoy the moment. My father said to me from the spirit world, enjoy the journey. Don't enjoy, you know, don't enjoy the journey. And don't wish your life away to get to the destination. And uh, that came from, you know, from the other realms. And I remember thinking, well, what does that mean? I get it now. Um, you know, I was so busy thinking, oh, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. The spirit is going to do this. And spirit, I was so busy thinking about what they told me I was here to accomplish that I wasn't actually living in the, the now. And uh, I was wishing my life away. And it was just ridiculous. So um, it's, it's important that um, we have self-respect and it's important that we live in the now, not the past, not the future. And, you know, imagine what it would be like to have no doubt or worry or second guessing yourself, be fearless knowing what you can achieve, total self-actualization, you know, spiritual enlightenment, consciousness that sets you apart from the enemy, that horrible old ego. And uh, imagine just being free, not being burdened with with worry and self-loathing and oh, I can't do this. What's the point? You know, we're, we're, we're cruel to ourselves. We really are cruel to ourselves. And I, I think I had one of uh, one of your interviews once uh, back along and somebody said, uh, I take myself far too seriously. You know, I, I don't know why, because other people don't. And I think I, I liked that. It, yeah, and it, it made me laugh. And I thought, yeah, that's true. You know, we, 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 we are our own worst enemies. And if we could just learn to love ourselves and be self, have a bit more self-compassion and to enjoy the small things in life rather than constantly striving to have more and more and more and more, more money, faster car, nicer clothes, more holidays, better hotel. Um, it's, it's, oh, I retire in five years' time. Um, it's what about now? I mean, there are people out there that have nothing. They they live in poverty in you know countries like India, and yet they're so happy. You know, I'm not. I mean, obviously, you know, some of them are granted, but you you see, you know, I've been to India, and you 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 see the kids are laughing and they're playing with a tin can and they're making do, and they don't know any any different, and they're happy with what they've got because they're living in the now. They're happy with their rags and the tin can. They don't know about mobile phones and computers and and all that paraphernalia you know it, it, it's and then I know there are people out there that are billionaires that are miserable lonely and um they never know real life or real love they're they're just part of the media so um I think that's an important thing self-love being grateful living in the now and and your self-esteem is everything do you believe that these are practices for life Isabella or this is a, a moment it comes from a moment of understanding in time Oh, that's a tough one. I think there should be practices in life. But I think um, for myself, it came with unlearning and relearning. You know, it came with it came with the meltdown, with the with the uh, spiritual awakening. I mean, it was part of the spiritual awakening. And um, I mean, if we'd had this conversation 10 years ago, I would be saying, oh, what do you know? You know, you don't know what it's like to suffer from depression. You don't know what it's like. Ne it would just be negative, negative, negative. And the ego would have done the talking for me. 
And then I would have gone on about people that I know or family that have done better than me and they're horrible people, but how did they do so much better than me? And all I've ever done is be kind and look where I am. And it was a real victim mentality. Uh, yeah, it's shameful looking back on it. And it's quite easy to slip back in there sometimes, you know, from time to time. It's subconscious will kick in. And, uh, you'll suddenly have to tell yourself off and, and, and have a word with yourself. And say, wait, stop it, you know. So, um, and since since I've had this, awakening i uh i'm i don't judge i don't tend to covet or be envious of of these things they're not so important to me now and i mean as long as i've got enough money to feed the cats and and work and do what i do we're good to go personally i would say it's it's something that comes with time i i I think if you grow up from an early age with this concept then you're very lucky and very blessed and you must be a very advanced soul you know, because most of us change quite a lot through our lifetime, don't we? You know, adolescence and and divorce, marriage, whatever, having children, becoming parents, um, many, many different life changes. It's beautiful, isn't it, that we can change? I love this idea, though we we do reject change um, most of the time. Yes. <laughs> 2020 is a very good example. Yeah, uh, that's going to be in my book as well. I, I did a lot of rejection, a lot of, I don't want to do this. I, I I want off. I want out. I I don't want to take that pill. I want to go back to being part of the matrix. You know, I was happier when I didn't know, and uh, because it was hard. Change is hard. Changing oneself is hard, and and accepting one's faults and accepting one has been ninety five percent wrong about everything for half of their life. It's a bit of a hard pill to swallow. Uh, no pun intended. And. Um, yeah, I didn't want to, it wasn't a case I didn't want to change. It was a case of I didn't want to do the work. Yeah, right. To give that energy yeah, to that, for that yeah, purpose. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, and I didn't want to give up my control. I didn't want, I didn't like the fact that I had to give give control to the universe and say, okay, well, I put my hands, you know, I put my hands in my fate. I put my hands in my purpose, my sole purpose. I, I, I give everything to God. Um, I'll just go with the flow and, and see where this life takes me. I mean, it's pre it's pre planned, yeah. We know we, we choose this before we get here. Okay, let's go with it. That was hard, you know. Uh, it was hard not not um, being able to go out to work anymore. It was hard to have to, to get up in the morning and write and study and discipline myself and do things that I don't like doing. And and I'd rather be out now in the garden with with uh, a bottle of wine enjoying the sun i didn't want to sit at a computer all day writing a book yeah. <laughs> <Right>. um <laughs> so, yeah right. and it's it is hard having to go down memory lane having to remember childhood trauma post-traumatic stress triggers accessing things that i've buried for years and, and remembering things that i've done and said and felt and feeling the shame really and that's where self-compassion comes in and self-love comes in mm, yes yeah, so you know it's... forgive yourself forgive we all make mistakes and, uh, you know, you, you've got to forgive yourself. Yeah, oh, a billion times to that. Self-forgiveness, self-acceptance. Absolutely. And why not unconditional self-love? I love that that idea that we can practice that, unconditionally yeah. loving ourselves. It's a hard one as well. It, it is, right. it, you know, if you've made a lot of mistakes in your life and you, you started off in a bit of a wobble uh, for the first 20 years of your life, then it, it is a hard one hard one but um uh, thankfully spirit was strong with me and and they just kept saying self-compassion self-healing self-love self-respect self-worth and they rammed it into me 
So we're almost at the end and I have so many other questions here for you. But before we end the conversation today, what is like to work with you, Sibella? You are a psychic, a medium, and also a spiritual life coach. So talk to me for a moment about that. Uh, well, people book in with me for an hour session. They come to me for, uh, some people come just for coaching. They 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 may be having, I work a lot with women who have difficult marriages, relationships, work issues. Narcissistic seems to be quite a big thing. I cover a lot of ground with narcissism, narcissistic husbands, narcissistic children. Um, and it's a growing, growing character, you know, flaw. I, I don't think it's actually mental health per se. It's a character disorder. And then it's, it's a growing all the time we're, we're because of media, Instagram and, and um, Facebook, etc. More and more kids are becoming narcissistic. Um, I guess it's a sign of the times, but it, it's, it's yeah, I would say one in five of my clients that come to see me on a weekly basis come with narcissistic problems. But I mean, I also do readings. I connect with two worlds. Um, I have people come to see me to connect to loved ones that have passed away recently some sometimes they come because they they're curious and sometimes they come specifically because somebody died a couple of weeks ago or uh, I've even had people come to see me to say I'm going on holiday and my grandpa's not very well but I'm worried if I book my holiday he'll die while I'm away can you tell me if he's going to die while I'm on holiday mm, I mean wow. it's bizarre <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> so I'm like no I can't tell you that sorry uh. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so the life coaching side is is spiritual. You know, I, I I teach people about positive mental attitude, law of attraction. Um, what you put out there is what you get. Trying to be strong, trying to have courage, trying to have faith, faith in oneself, faith in life, um, as well as as a, a source. You know, God. But I um I wouldn't say I use religion per se it's a spiritual life counseling so I've had all sorts of people come to see me from different cultural backgrounds um religions yeah what is your message for those who are going through grief at this time Sabella what is your your message for healing grief time and um and prayer and and feel feel the emotion don't suppress it go with it you know too many people especially in our culture suppress emotions it's not good feel it go with it feel the pain you know feel the urge to cry feel the urge to scream do what you have to do just just go with it and feel it do not suppress it and also if you knew what i knew about the afterworld you would be happy for them you know um, a, a lot of grieving is us missing them i mean of course spirit miss us but they're in a far better place and they can see us. They can see what my father said to me. I can see he told me I was I was there when you got your degree. I was there when you did this. I was there when you got that. I was there when you had that job interview. I was there the time that this happened and you were in a car accident. I mean, he knew all sorts of things that have happened to me for the last 20 odd years. And, and there was no doubt about it um, that he had been with me in from the spirit world when these things took place. They they have uh, the ability to see us and be with us. We just don't have the ability to see them I do granted but most of us don't so you know at the end of the day you will see them again and if they are so much happier that they're in a, a far um, better place they're home this isn't home this this is boarding school life is boarding school <laughs> boarding school right <laughs> you know, we're here to board we're here to learn we're here to teach we're here to help we're here to do what we have to do and then when we're when it's over when we graduate we go home 
Yeah, that's a very um, a message of hope, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, well, hope implies, you know, you're hoping that things will be okay. You're hoping there is somewhere to go. I I don't hope because I know. But of course, you only have my my word for that. So, um, you know, I I know that it's there and I I know these things. But to to others that disbelieve or for whatever reason, um, have their own perspectives on life, they might think, yeah, well, I don't buy that. So that's fine. That's that's their prerogative, and maybe I can give them hope then. But um, really, it's it's about feel the pain and remember that you will see them again. They can see you. They don't want you to be miserable. They don't want you to be sad. They don't want you to hurt. You know, if they want to reach out and go, I'm okay. I'm here. I'm with you. Don't worry. You'll see me again. But of course, we can't. Most of us can't see that. So um, yeah, I, I just just say um, just. Just, just go with it. And we live this life so many times. Another thing my father said was, you've lived a hundred, hundred lifetimes before, and you'll live a hundred lifetimes again. Wow. Ah. That was one of the first things he said actually when he came through. It seems like it might not end in a way, right? There's no ending to that. To that. So I hope, I, that's what I mean. Freedom to me is not having to come back. <laughs> We do uh, hope, you have to use that word, that this will end. I really uh, kind of, if I have hope, is that the hope that we will embrace this experience of being a human body as a whole and, and know that this is home. I love the idea, Sibella, that we can come to that realization, not understand intellectual understanding, but the realization that this is home. It's wonderful to, I mean, it's a gift to be in a human body. And that's when you talk about the present moment. I mean, that message is very powerful for that same reason, because this is home, the now, the here. There's nowhere to go. This is it. I mean, I'm really attracted to that kind of message, that realization, which is not even a message. It seems like the impossible to realize because it's so obvious that this is home, but we tend to want to be elsewhere. And it might be, I mean, understandably, because of pain, psychological pain and all the unhealed wounds, we wanted to go somewhere, but it's a gift to be here. It is. And I, I have a, uh, and it's a gift to be every day you wake up. You know, every day I wake up, I can see and I can walk and I, I can hear. And, you know, I, I there are people out there that I've met people that went to sleep one night with their wife and put the kids to bed and when woke up in the morning and, and they were blind. They, they you know, I say people, it was one person and uh, he lost his sight. And uh, just like that, I it, it was just one of those, um, I don't know, whatever disease or something he caught Either way, he never, never got to see again. And um, another friend, another friend of mine fell out of a window and is now in a wheelchair. And uh, he, he was just drunk, unfortunately, and he thought he was going to the bathroom and he wasn't. He was walking out of a window. And, you know, these things, uh, I was nearly in an accident, car accident a few, about a year ago. I, I was nearly in a head on collision. And uh, Spirit basically warned me about it. And uh I slowed down and thankfully I'm here to tell the tale, but had spirit not have warned me and had I not slowed down, I'd be dead now. So we, we can't take anything for granted. You're right. You're very right. You know, life is a gift. Our bodies are a gift and our working healthy bodies are an even bigger gift because I have a lot of friends with MS, ME, cancer. I have a friend in hospital now that's just had a stroke and she's only in her early 60s. Um, you know, there are people out there with really bad ailments and disfigurements, and you might be born with a great body, but something might happen to you halfway through your life. You just, 
you you cannot take anything for granted and we have to be grateful for what we've got and make mm. the most of it while we've got it. So before my last questions to you, Sabella, talk to me about the steps to knowledge. You are you are one of the students Yes, one of the millions. Yeah, right. There are so many students I heard about. So uh, what is the Steps of Knowledge about and how did you discover it? Um, well, Steps of Knowledge was brought to me by Spirit after I went through my um, meltdown. And they, they said after I'd unlearned all the wrong stuff, this was the Steps of Knowledge was part of the new program to instill the, the good stuff or the right stuff, correct stuff, shall we say. <laughs> I use the word stuff because it's just so complex. Um, spiritual awakening, it, it, it's, it's spiritual awakening is experience the truth. It's experiencing the truth. And this must be fully experienced to be really realized, to be properly realized. And steps to knowledge helps you do this. It helps you redeem your past. It prepares you for the future. And it's basically represents universal wisdom. And that's in its most basic description. I mean, the thing is that we're about to merge into uh, the greater community, which is about, you know, energies that are life forces that live out out of, um, in the universe. And it's the, the, the planet's about to go through a massive, massive uh, transitional sort of evolution, I suppose. As a consequence, steps to knowledge is here to prepare us. And it's, it's here to guide us and help us in, in a pretty radical way. Um, you know, the future is going to be very different, very, very different for the next generations. And we need to, to prepare for a very different life circumstances. Uh, there's going to be a lot of flooding. A lot of the planet is going to disappear underwater. A lot of the hotter countries are going to become inhabitable indefinitely. There'll be a lot of um, displacements. I mean, it's it's happening now right under our noses, but people are still in denial. People are still denying it. Climate change, the deforestation, Brazil, Brazilian rainforest. I mean, it's ridiculous how people still don't believe in it. I still can't get my head around that, you know. So the steps to knowledge is it's is here to help humanity that's not prepared, you know, and it's clear that we that uh, human advancement's needed, and um, a whole new perspective on spirit, spiritual and the outer world needs to be taken on, I guess, you know, and that's what Steps to Knowledge is for. It's to reprogram everybody rather than just reprogram a student like me. Our students like myself are training to help reprogram all of you out there. It has to start somewhere. And um, unfortunately, humans can't advance because we're constantly... Um, you know, we oppose ourselves and, and we will never find peace uh, at the moment because we, we just compete with each other all the time. I mean, Afghan, Syria, I, I, it's just ridiculous, especially in this, this day and age. The, the stoning women, for goodness sakes. I mean, that's like right out of the Bible in the Old Testament. You know, it's just, just ridiculous. And Steps to Knowledge is here to quash that. Uh, it's here to unite us all, to bring us all together. One religion, if you like. Um, we, we all have knowledge within us. And not the knowledge that, that, um, that we think of in our vocabulary. This is, this is a spiritual knowledge. And it, it's, uh, we all have it. And Steps to Knowledge is, is here to ignite it and to hopefully um, bring us all together, unite us, so we can all sing from, from the same hymn page and not be fragmented and not fight each other. Mm. 
Oh, I love that, Isabella. What a beautiful work. Yeah, we do need a lot of that. <laughs> the healing work, the accessing spiritual knowledge again, and the idea of transmitting that. So what you speak of is um, transmission. By studying that, you'll be able to transmit that to others. Yeah, in a nutshell, uh, yes. I mean, it, it, Marshall Werner Summers was the, the gentleman who received this information in 1989, and he's the, the um, chap that's uh, writing all these books. But he um, he was receiving the information from the spirit world. So they were downloading this information. The books actually come directly from the spirit world. And um, he was a, what they call a channeler, I believe. Uh, revelation, I think that, that, that's um, it's described as he received this uh, under revelation and uh, as a consequence, he's written these books since the 80s. And um, it's all it's all happening now. I mean, it's happening right under our noses. Change is, is, is here. Ah, and now resisting to them, it's really the very beginning, right, of that spiritual knowing uh, that there's no resistance, but just merging back with life, which has to do with unconditional love, from my perspective. Absolutely. And that's what knowledge teaches us. And steps to knowledge will teach us unconditional love, compassion, kindness. And once your knowledge is ignited, it, um, it's like the spirit within us. It's, um, it recognizes other people that have, have it ignited. So we all kind of glue together uh, and, and eventually we'll recognize the people that don't have it. So then we we then sort of try to to from what I can gather from the, the book I haven't finished it yet, it's it's about changing one's perspective on life, spiritual awakening, and and learning the truth, learning what God really wants us to do, and knowing that we're not alone, that there are other life out there, and we're about to become part of it, and they're about to become part of us, and we need to be united when it happens. You know, we, we, we can't um, have an intervention from, from another world if we're all fighting each other. And plus, it's, it's ridiculous in this day and age. As I said, I mean, the things that are going on in, in some of the Eastern countries, I, I, I just find it, I, I can't get my head around women not being able to drive and having to cover their faces and being stoned to death for this and not allowed to do degree. I mean, it's just something, it's, I just, yeah, I really struggle with that. Yeah, I, I have compassion and I, I understand. I try not to judge, but I think this is where steps to knowledge will come in to its own. It's going to try and stop us all fighting over different religions. That's interesting that you mentioned that, especially the unfairness when it comes to women, right? We are still not seen as equal and I agree that doesn't make sense at all. But that's another interview for sure. <laughs> Women's and um, what we still need to go through, the challenges we face this, in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, even in, in, in our country, um, the UK, we still don't get equal pay. Yeah, it's everywhere, I see. Everywhere. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, I know, you, Isabella. Yeah. So um, it, I just, yeah, I, I, like I said, I struggle with uh, tradition and I struggle with laws and I struggle with this old-fashioned way of looking at things 
and um, I don't think I would have been allowed around in the Victorian era. I think uh, if I'd been no. born in the Victorian <laughs> era, I wouldn't have lasted very long. And if I'd been born in the Dark Ages, I probably would have been burnt as a witch or drowned as a witch. So, <laughs> uh, no, thank you for being you. Yeah, thank yeah, you for thank you. it's beautiful, really beautiful. I know at this point you're aware of that. It's really beautiful. Your energies and what you're doing and being open the way you are to life is the most beautiful thing. So thank you. And before we end the conversation, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your new book? Yes, I could quickly. I think I will uh, just read a little passage. It's basically um, okay, an abstract from Hitchhiker's Guide to a Galaxy. Sorry, that's another book. A Hitchhiker's Guide to a Spiritual Awakening. And I just, our dominant thoughts significantly influence our emotions. They're crucial to how we feel how we make those around us feel. Everything happens on a mental sphere before it can manifest in our lives. What we put out there in thought is what we're attracting back to ourselves. This introspection is important to personal development. Being happy, being grateful equals more happiness and more experiences to be grateful for. So focus on all that is good in your life. Think it, feel it and speak it. This really is key to a happier existence while we're here on this planet. Beautiful written, beautiful message um, for all of us to be reminded of even. And for some of us who don't know yet, to be reminded of. I agree. Thank you so much again, Sibella. And my last question to you is, what is another word for life? Another word for life? Euphoria, I think. I like that word. I like euphoria. And I, I for me, sometimes when I wake up and I'm in a really good place, I just feel absolutely... You know, this 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 is great. I mean, I'm I'm alive. I'm here. I'm part of this. You know, I'm I'm part of something. Uh, and whatever that is, it's a lot bigger than I am. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your new book, products, services, and future projects? Oh, okay. So more about me and future projects. So um, I hopefully have planned to get the book published spring next year god willing and uh my plan is to start opening up circles and teaching i'm opening up a circle locally a healing circle and a teaching circle which will be spiritual awakening again i'm also going to be trying to do distant healing through prayer and energy energy healing uh this is going to be something that i strive to do free circle as well with other other like-minded people and eventually I intend to write a book about my life which will be more personal uh the childhood and and drugs and alcohol and all the other the the, the bad part of my life I told you about at, at the beginning and uh which I think might resonate more with other, other certain types of people that have had similar start in life but for now I need to to get this book out there so I, I have got, I've started writing about five books. Uh, I've got so many ideas buzzing through my mind, but spirits seem to want me to focus on this one for now and get the message out there and then the rest will follow. Um, but, uh, and if you wanted to book a life coaching session or a medium reading with me, then just go to my website, sabellalorum.com. Wonderful. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Sabella, for who you are, what you represent, the message, the wisdom, and everything else in between that can be felt. Thank you. 
Thank you. I hope it's uh, helped somebody out there anyway. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sibylla L. Lorem and her work, please visit Sibylla-Lorem.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.